Yo, what's up guys? Welcome back to the From the Sideline Podcast with Francis and Peter. And today we're going to be recapping week six and then talking about the Eagles and the 49ers specifically, then the Seahawks, and then we're going to play our guessing game that we have done um, for the past couple episodes now. And then finally, to cap it off, we're going to talk about college football recap, specifically our Washington Huskies. It's going to be a bit of a short one today, but hope you guys enjoy it. All right, let's get right into it. Let's start off with a recap of last week's games. We got the Eagles losing to the uh sorry the Eagles losing to the Jets and the 49ers losing to the Browns. Both their first losses of the seasons. So Peter, whose loss is more disappointing in your opinion? Uh, to me, it's got to be the Eagles. But it's not specifically because the Eagles did super bad. It's because the 49ers, they were missing their best player, Christian McCaffrey, just an absolute weapon on the field. And they only ended up losing by two points. With McCaffrey in and healthy the whole game, they totally win that game easily. But I I do feel like with the Eagles and the Jets, the Jets are definitely a better opponent to have than the Browns. But when you don't have your best player, it's always going to be hard to win, even if you're as good of a team like the 49ers. So for me, it's definitely got to be the... Eagles and Jets. They the Eagles had the game in the bag, and Jalen Hurts fumbled it away, or he didn't fumble it away, but figuratively he did, I guess. He just threw a pick six. The Cowboys took the lead, and they never really looked back from there. I think it was with like a minute thirty left in the fourth quarter. It was super disappointing, and that kind of concerns me because Jalen Hurts just can't be doing that in big games if he wants to be a Super Bowl winning quarterback and he wants to be a franchise cornerstone, which he's been super great so far. And I think this is just a little rough patch, but that is a little bit concerning, and it's not very good uh, to do those kind of things. Francis, what do you think is the least or the most disappointing loss um, from the? Was it from the 49ers or from the Eagles? I'm gonna have to disagree with Peter. I'm gonna say the 49ers loss was more disappointing. Um, the Eagles didn't even play like that bad. They've been pretty shaky for the start of the season, even though they started out five and zero. Like their schedule's been kind of easy, but then this game they played like how I expected them to play. But really, they had like what four turnovers, so that really like helped them lose the game. And the Jets, you know, they have like a world class defense. I know they were missing Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed, but their secondary is still holding up well. Um, AJ Brown is just AJ Brown, but Devonte Smith dropped some easy balls. Jalen Hurts was decision making wasn't the best, and they lost Lane Johnson as well, so that was pretty bad. But the Jets front seven was really getting good pressure on Jalen Hurts, so I mean that's not really like disappointing from the Eagles' offense if I kind of expected that. But they need to limit their turnovers. So like what two fumbles, two picks, it was pretty bad. Um, but the 49ers definitely more disappointing in my opinion because. Coming into this game, I'm thinking that the 49ers easily have the best offense in the NFL. Like, it's unstoppable. Like, overall, the best team. Like, I think right now they're rank, uh, rated, like, by PFF uh, average points. I think the f- offense was the best and their defense was the second best. So, their defense still played well. Not amazing. Fred Warner just being Fred Warner. But they were, they were low-key still getting, like, uh, like, their secondary was still getting a lot of passes completed by... P.J. Walker and the Browns, but that was the more disappointing part is that they didn't even have Deshaun Watson. They had P.J. Walker, who if he was a starting quarterback, he probably wouldn't. He probably would be the worst starting quarterback in the NFL if he actually started. So having P.J. Walker as their starting quarterback, and then he, him throwing to just like Amari Cooper and Kareem Hunt and Jerome Ford. Jerome Ford really did a big 
hit to a big blow to the 49ers defense. And also the 49ers offense, I know they were missing Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey for like most of the game. But this really showed to me, this really showed the 49ers offense true colors because Christian McCaffrey, when they had Christian McCaffrey at the start of the game, they were really, they were like, the Browns defense couldn't really stop them. When Once Christian McCaffrey went out, they were getting stopped every single drive. This really showed Brock Purdy's true colors and showed that he's not actually an elite quarterback and it's just a system. And also, they still had Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle. So, I mean, they still, st- they still should have been producing. Um, so... The 49ers were definitely more disappointing to me because um, without Christian McCaffrey, their offense really isn't anything because Brock Purdy can't lead them to any success. And Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle really just aren't those receiving uh, guys that you're looking for. All right, guys, moving on. We have a breaking news announcement. Anthony Richardson has decided to get season-ending shoulder surgery, and he's now out for the season. Like I just said, that was a little redundant. But, you know... He was originally going to be out four to eight weeks, but I think the real uh, thing that this does is that it shows that the Colts are going to get probably a top five pick. Minshew's not a bad quarterback, but Anthony Richardson, there's a reason he's a top three pick or a top five pick. I mean, he was top, he was the fourth pick, but he's an athletic specimen. He's 6'5". He can run the ball. He can throw it super far. And Gardner Mitchell just can't do all those things as well as Richardson can. So they are going to get a high draft pick next year. But I do wonder if this surgery will um, hinder his throwing power and maybe his athleticism because it is a big, uh, a big surgery to get on your AC joint, I think it was, which shows that he actually was in a lot of pain. And if he decided to play through it, I think it would have been worse in the long run. So this is probably a pretty good move for him in the long term, but it does suck because it pretty much some or seal or i don't even know what i was going for there but it pretty much uh ends the cold season right here so now they're just playing for a draft pick so that was just a brief little service announcement but francis we're gonna be moving on to our next topic what was your what were some of your biggest takeaways from that cx loss over the Bengals? um my biggest takeaway is that Geno Smith, while still an above-average quarterback, his some of his decision-making, I'm seeing spurts of what I saw from when he was the backup to Russell Wilson when I really didn't like him. He stays in the pocket too much. He take, He's too indecisive. He stares down his reads. He stays in the pocket, so he gets when he gets pressured, he doesn't escape the pocket. He doesn't have good footwork in the pocket. He just stays in there, and, and then he just holds on to the ball for too long, so... He ends up getting sacked a lot or pressured, and then leads to incompletions or uh, tackles for loss. So, Geno Smith really needs to work on that. Like, for the most part, we didn't even play that bad. Our defense played fine. Devin Witherspoon, Tariq Woolen, both, and Trey Brown, all three played really well. Um, and then our front seven played all right, I guess. Jamal Adams, Conjure Diggs got some good hits, but... Just for the most part, I think the offense was the biggest key to this game. Scoring only 13 points is really not going to win you any games. Uh, Kenneth Walker still played fine. Him and Zach Charbonnet are looking very promising as a backfield. But mostly it's just Geno Smith for me at the end of the day in the offensive line. They just need to get healthy. Like Abraham Lucas, when he comes back, 
our offense is going to look a lot better. How about you, Peter? I totally agree with Francis here. I think Kenneth was super good, but the one thing I would say he has to work on is definitely just running more north and south because I always feel like he's backtracking to try and gain more yardage in the long run, but it never actually, or very rarely actually, works out, so he does lose out on a lot of yards for that. But that's just kind of nitpicking. He's a great running back, and Charbonnet and him are a great one-two punch. But as for Gino, staring down his reads and those throws that he was making, they were just horrible. He's taking so many sacks. He's just seems kind of like he's unaware in the pocket. He doesn't know when he's going to get sacked. He can't really sense the pressure, which is very bad for a quarterback to have. And I think this was a really concerning game for Gino. It maybe will change. I mean, I know it's a big take, but it'll maybe change the Seahawks' opinions on him, and maybe they'll draft a quarterback in the upcoming years because he just looked so—he didn't look like a good quarterback out there. He was taking sacks, and he just—when he was, like, sensing the pressure, he would just run backwards and take another sack, and he wouldn't actually end up doing anything with the play, which was super concerning for a quarterback that's supposed to be top 10, that they just paid big money. It's just not really a good look. As for the defense, I think they're all right. Uh, Devin Witherspoon's, I mean, he's the defensive rookie of the year. It's, I don't think it's even close. I think Francis agrees. But um, as for Tariq Woolen, I think he's definitely taken a step down since last year, his great rookie year. He was playing, I do think he might be getting a little too much hate from Seahawks fans, but he isn't playing super good. I don't see that speed. I don't see that lockdown coverage that he used to have last year, even though Jamar Chase or Chi Higgins didn't get a touchdown. He did allow that touchdown to that one rookie. I forget his name. But it was it was it's definitely been a down year for Wallen. I think he I think he's gonna pick it up somewhat, but I don't think he's gonna get back to that top tier rookie form next or this year. But I feel like with some work in the offseason he can definitely get back to where he was and even better. Alright. It's game time now. So off of our last episode, I had eight points, Peter had four. My lock was the Lions over Panthers. I got that right. My two underdogs were Jets over Broncos and Titans over Colts. I only got one right. Peter, his lock was Ravens over Steelers. He got that wrong. And then his two underdogs were Saints over Pats or Rams over Eagles. He only got one right. So uh, I ended up gaining uh, four points. Oh, you know, I ended up gaining three points, and Peter ends up losing one point. So Peter's at three. And I'm at 11. So I'm going to start off with my picks. Uh, my first pick, my lock. I'm going to root for my team. I'm going to root for the Seahawks. Going to go Seahawks over Cardinals. Seahawks are favored in this game. Cardinals coming into the season projected one of the worst teams, if not the worst team in the NFL without Kyler Murray. Seahawks are looking for a bounce back game against the easy team here. Easily, easily can be the Seahawks here. My uh, underdog, first underdog, is going to be Giants over the Commanders. Uh, honestly, I just think the Giants are not favored because they're 1-5. But, you know, the Giants, I think we forget last year what they did. They w- went to the second round of the playoffs, beating out the Vikings in the first round. Uh, I know they're 1-5, but we've seen this team with success. We've seen their head coach when coach of the year in Brian Dable. And we know the Commanders don't have a strong quarterback. We know they don't have a strong offense. And even their defense itself, like they have rookie cornerbacks, Emmanuel Forbes, they have Brian Branch. They just have a bunch of rookie young secondaries. And then front seven is strong, but 
you know what? Give me the Giants. We're looking with the we're looking at a Saquon Barkley resurgence. We're looking at a Daniel Jones comeback, uh, comeback game. Uh, I'm I'm liking the Giants in this odds here over the Commanders. And then my second underdog, give me the Dolphins over the Eagles. Um, a little bit a little bit of a risky pick, but you know the Eagles, like I said before, they've been looking shaky all season, and they just lost to the Jets. The Dolphins might not have as good of a, a defense as the Jets, but their offense is much better. We saw them score 70 points against the Broncos, so I like the Dolphins' offense against the Eagles' defense here, and I just think it's going to be a shootout, but I think the Dolphins are going to come out on top. Let me see your picks, Peter. <laughs> okay, so for my lock, I have the Bills over Patriots. I know Francis would have picked this if he didn't pick the Seahawks because they're our team, obviously. But, I mean, this is a surefire lock. The Patriots have looked horrible. They lost at 40-something to zero. That was pretty bad. And then the Bills, people forget that they pretty much manhandled the Dolphins. So this isn't even close for me. I mean, I think the spread's like 85 for the for the Bills, and I think they're easily going to cover it. And then for my first upset, I have the Lions over the Ravens. Uh, the Ravens actually lost the Steelers, who I am, I mean, I think you guys heard this in the last episode. I'm not a big believer in. It didn't work out for me, obviously, but I'm still not a big believer in the Steelers, so now I'm just, I guess, a Ravens not believer. I don't think they're a complete team. Zay Flowers is a great wide receiver one, but their team just isn't it isn't really complete. They have a lot of like super skillful players, Rokon Smith, Lamar, Zay, Mark Andrews, but their team doesn't really work super well together, in my opinion. So I'm gonna go with the Lions. They're five and one. Their only losses to the Seahawks in a game that they really could have won. I personally don't know how the Ravens are favored in this game. So gonna go with the Lions there. And then Colts over Browns is my last upset. I know Anthony Richardson is out for the season, like we just talked about and I wasn't gonna pick this game, but Francis picked the upset that I wanted, uh, the Commanders over the Giants, which was pretty tough. But you know, I gotta pick another upset. You gotta move on. So I decided to go with the Colts over the Browns, which I could definitely see this happening. Gardner Minshew's a like he's a good quarterback. I think we all know that he should definitely be a starter in this league, low end. But I don't know how he's just sat as a backup for this long. So I think he can definitely win. P.J. Walker, as Francis said earlier, he's a pretty bad quarterback. If he was a starter, he'd be the worst in the league. And quarterback is the most important on an NFL football team. The Colts are getting Jonathan Taylor back up to full, to full health and full speed. So I feel like this is the first game there where they're going to really utilize him fully and utilize him to his best ability. So I'm predicting a Jonathan Taylor breakout game and the Browns just collapse under P.J. Walker at quarterback. Amari Cooper's not going to get the ball as much. It's just not going to be super great for them. So going to go with the Colts there. Um, yeah, those are my picks. All right, let's wrap this episode up with UW Huskies defeating the Oregon Ducks in the biggest game of the season, now number five ranked in the AP poll. Spear, give me your thoughts and your takeaways from this game. So I was at the game, and the atmosphere is absolutely electric, as you guys have probably seen on the internet, or if you guys were at the game yourselves. It was insane. The Hussey Stadium crowd is insane. Such a great backdrop. Storming the field after the win. 
But as for the actual game, it was a statement win for the Washington Huskies. They were not playing well in that third quarter or in the middle to late part of the third quarter and then most of the fourth quarter most of the fourth quarter until the end when they just decided to lock in on defense and then get the ball to their best player, Michael Penix Jr., and let him decide what to do. Just kind of chuck it up, deliver a perfect throw to his best receiver. The second best receiver in the country, Romo Dunze, just goes up and gets it. Odunze looked great the entire game. Penix didn't even have his best option uh, or a second best option who is still probably like last year they were wide receiver 1A and 1B, Jalen McMillan. McMillan got hurt early. Penix, it took him a little while to adjust, but Polk stepped up super well. And then even while not converting on that fourth down at the one-yard line, which was pretty brutal, they fought back. They never they never gave up on the game. And when they did finally get the chance to win it, Penix went and just he won it for them. He's the Heisman Trophy front runner easily right now. And... My prediction is that he's totally going to win it this year. He's going to run away with it, and the Hus- and the Huskies are going to make the college football playoff. Oregon is their hardest game on the schedule, besides from the Pac-12 championship, probably. I think they're going to destroy USC, who got destroyed by Notre Dame and almost lost to Arizona. They're going to beat Wazoo. Uh, Oregon State and Utah are the two tough games. But I think they got them. I think they're going to win. Their offense will just overpower both of those teams. And I think the Huskies are going to be undefeated this year. I really do. It was just such a statement win for them. It was a great game. Even though they didn't play their best on both sides of the ball, they proved that they're such a great team because they just, they adapted and they changed their ideas. And they weren't just ta- they didn't have tunnel vision and they expanded and found a way to win that game, and it was just truly super cool to see. And I star in the field myself. I'll always remember that game as a once-in-a-lifetime experience, and I think the Huskies should be ranked fourth at this point. I don't know why Florida State is there after almost losing to Boston College, but yeah, the Huskies are college football playoff bound. Completely agree, Peter. UW is for sure officially a playoff team now. I don't know what they're doing, putting them at number five. Uh, they're definitely better than Florida State. I don't know what Florida State did to prove that they're a top four team, except for beat LSU, which we've seen as a very weak team. Um, I got them better than Penn State. Glad they see that now. And then also, like, Georgia is not a good number one team. Georgia's not a number one team. I think Michigan should be a number one. I think UW is number two or three, right behind Michigan and Georgia. And then I got... You know, Florida State at five, uh, but UW just has looked like a college football playoff team. I mean, it's looking like the second time they're going to go to the playoffs, okay? This team is honestly looking better than the Drake, Jake Browning, John Ross year. Um, the offense is just electric. Michael Penix is probably the best quarterback in UW history at this point. So, uh, actually, not probably. He for sure is. The It's just, this game was such a statement. I mean, Oregon, they played well, but... UW with the comeback it really just showed how clutch this offense is and how clutch Michael Penix actually is and how he should actually be an NFL top 10 pick but I mean I don't really have to say anything more Peter pretty much said it all but yeah UW's offense their defense it wasn't really that much of a statement game for them but the offense just is incredible so that's all I gotta say so that's gonna wrap up this episode thank you guys so much for listening make sure you listen to our other episodes and hit the follow button
Yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. Tune in to all our other episodes, and just remember to hit that follow button. See you guys.